As couples therapists, we've seen it all, and we know that love doesn't come with a manual. But hey, what's the fun in that, right? So today, we're sharing some lighthearted, slightly questionable marriage tips. Plus, we're throwing in some insight from our own experiences as wives. Because, let's be real, sometimes life teaches you more about love than any textbook ever could. You're listening to Honest Women, the podcast for every woman who's trying to juggle the relationships, roles, and responsibilities that come with modern womanhood and finding it all just a little harder than she thought it would be. We're your hosts, Andrea Berkeley and Jessica Hutchison, your new besties who just happen to be therapists. And while we believe that life is hard and there's no tip or trick that will solve that, it does get just a little bit easier when we can be real with each other and talk about it honestly. You're listening to Honest Women. Good morning, Andrea. Good morning, Jessica. I'm like hoping I can speak right now. I'm like... People don't understand that we have to cut all the times that we're like... Yeah, I kind of don't believe anything in the world after I learned how to edit. (laughs) (laughs) Remember in the early days of the podcast when we were so friggin... I don't know. You're sensitive. And your heart and souls in every minute still is, but you're just sensitive to what people think. And remember we got like... Are you talking about the yuppie? Yeah. So we get all these good reviews and then yeah, it's one review that said... Something like, I wanted to like it, but I just can't with the yuppie voices. Do you remember? I, I Yes, I do. I just read that and I actually laughed. Yuppie voices. No, <laughs> I, I, like, I laughed. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Go away. So I'm glad you brought that up. We do read the reviews. I wanted to start the show off by reading a most recent one by... Jess Best 21. And I know. Hold up. I know. Listen, it's not me. It was not me. I did not review my own show. Okay, but did you have something to do with this? Because it's Jess. What if I, what if it was Jess is the best 21? I would have to have like a little cry. When I read Jess Best, my first thought was, cool, she is a child of the 80s because everybody's named Jessica in the early 80s. Jess, are you just like us? I bet we are. She said, great podcast. Thank you, Jess. Mm-hmm. A mom I follow on Instagram did a small shout out to your show. So I decided to listen. So glad I did. I live near y'all, so the content feels super relatable. Oh, I love that so much. Jess, we, we should be friends in real life, by the way. And now this is going to get confusing. I'm I'm talking to listener Jess, not... We well, are real not friends. You, yeah, we you. Are, we're friends. We are friends in real life. It's getting confusing, but listener Jess, uh, one day I have a dream that we will have a meetup in person. Do you have this dream, Jessica? I do. I love that. I would you love know. to meet our listeners in person. Yes, we have big dreams, people. We do. We really do. But also, this Jess gave us a really brilliant idea. It was actually someone else's idea. If you're listening to the podcast right now and you love it, we know you do. Come on. How could you not? It's pretty good. If you would just take a screenshot of the episode and you would post it at Instagram and tag us, you can tag at Honest Women Podcast. You can tag Jess or me. All of our stuff is in the show notes. Actually, tag tag all the things. All of them. We will tag right back at you. We will send you some love notes, but most importantly, it lets the people in your life know that that this is a thing you listen to and that you like it because continue to know that there are so many women who could benefit from these honest conversations. And also, to be fair, it would benefit us. Obviously. Help us out, ladies. We help you. This is how you can help us. Yes. So on that note, I just want to start off by saying, yes, I am well aware of the irony of this entire topic, aka 
us giving tip when we are completely against giving tips. Yes. That is like one of the tenets of our show is that we did not want to bring on a rotating panel of experts. We do not want to tell you what to do. We really want to wait around in the messy middle of life because that's what I think we all need. However, now this is like a personal confession. Ooh. It's my favorite. Dun, dun, dun. I will say that after a year and a half of doing some internal family systems therapy myself, I have found that maybe there are some things like behaviors that I could do in my marriage that would be helpful. Ooh. Yeah, I know. In a way, I think because marriage is so complicated, it's so intense, it's where all of our attachment, fears and hopes and longings play out. Jess and I both do this emotionally focused therapy for couples. So we also know that when you're stuck in a pattern, when there's distress in your marriage and we all get there. Yes, we do. Tips and tricks aren't going to help you. I call bullshit on that. If it's like you get in this big fight, it's the fight you always have. You know, if, if someone and there's a lot of well-meaning bad therapy out there that it's like, okay, everyone take a breath and then think of three nice things to say to your partner. Like, fuck that. It's I just- I legit walk out of that therapist's office. I know. I know. And again, like a lot of times I we don't want to give tips and tricks because we know that's the place that a lot of people are in distress in marriage. It's hard. And so I don't want to give you this like easy answer that says, well, if you just say, think of three nice things, you know, if you make a deposit in the love bank, like, no, I don't want you to feel like, cause then you're going to feel like you're a failure and your marriage is doomed because you know, you tried to make a love bank deposit and it did not change the whole tenor of your relationship. I love that you just outlined that because to me it's expectations that tips right. set. That is half the reason I hate this whole tips thing is the expectation that it's going to fix something, it's going to change something at the foundation. Listen, folks, there is not a tip or trick in the world that will fix a broken foundation. Think right. of it as a house. If your foundation is cracking, that thing's going down. There is not a little thing you can fix inside the house that will create a different foundation. And there's hope. Like if you and your your spouse are stuck in a cycle, there's absolutely hope. That can absolutely be changed. We see it every day in our offices. We'll talk more about some of that deep stuff another day. Today's more fun. Today's, all, to be honest, today's also kind of like clickbait. Clickbait. I know. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm just being honest. I mean, the truth is that like we grew up in the age of teen magazine and Cosmo, and which who among us was is not drawn in by that headline that's like five ways to please your man or like 10 ways to be the oh best gosh. friend ever. Remember the quizzes? The I quizzes the were quizzes. actually my favorite. Like, take this quiz to find out what kind of lover you are. Wow. <laughs> that was all Cosmo. I know. That's when we were all, we were like 16 and we're like, we're going to be lovers. <laughs> <laughs> Got a lot of thoughts about women and sexuality, and that's for another episode as well. But yeah, I'm pulled in by this. These things will impact your marriage. They won't fix your cycle that you get stuck in. They won't do deep foundational work, but I think that they help. And there's some of the things that we let slip. So, you know, we get into that part, we have kids, and then everything kind of falls apart because there's like so much stress and whatever. And these are some of the things that can just change the environment. Or the way you're looking at it. Before we jump in, can I get on a soapbox? Oh, gosh. Yes. Yeah, Please just, do. I, I have to. I have to. This is a big soapbox for me. Uh, wow. Okay. I know. Listen, if you are struggling in your marriage and you are going to seek out assistance from a therapist, listen closely. Make sure they are educated in oh couples gosh. 
therapy, if they've only gone to grad school, they are not educated in couples therapy. It is a very small piece. I am very firm about this. You need to ask them what they are trained in. A really strong statement. I think a lot of therapists are practicing and they shouldn't be. And I will say that I think a lot of divorces are a result of that. Boom. Girl. I'm getting on my soapbox She now. sure did drop that mic. I will say I warn people all the time that bad marriage counseling is worse than no marriage counseling. 100%. If you sit down to do marriage counseling and the person you sit down with is offering you tips and tricks, run, girl. Run. Get out of there. That is not going to fix your marriage. Also, therapist, you are practicing couples therapy and you have no training. Just go get trained. Mm-hmm. It's available trained. all the time. Okay. Whew. Okay, we're ready. We're ready okay. for tips and tricks. Okay. okay. Who wants to start? You want to start with your first one? I'll start. Tip number one, acknowledge one another. And what I mean is when your spouse comes home or they walk in the room or you walk past them in the hallway, try to make eye contact, maybe even a hug, maybe even like a touch. So often, like this is the beginning of a relationship, right? Like little, the little moments, the little touches, the hugs go by the wayside, especially when you have young kids who are constantly touching you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that those moments, they both cause and are a reflection of the dynamic in the relationship. What I mean is if you're feeling disconnected, you sometimes are sending that signal to the other person like, I don't like you that much or I'm mad at you or you're not worth my time. I'm too busy for you. Like we're sending all of those signals just by not making eye contact. And then that makes us feel more disconnected. And then we're just more likely to do it again. I will say this has made a huge difference in my marriage. And I will admit that I saw this as a tip on Instagram and I was like, that's dumb. And then I was like, well, what if I just tried it? Actually, there was one, Jess, it like kills me where this woman recorded 30 days of her husband walking in the door. She said, I decided to see what would happen if I greeted my husband at the door. The first day he was like, what the hell? Like, why are you here? And then the next day and then the next day. And it was just like the tenderness that opened up in between them, the connection. Oh, it was just like, it could bring tears to your eyes. And I will say this is making a difference in my own house. I love that. We need to be seen. It makes all the difference. I know a lot of times people will say, okay, well, I'll do it tomorrow, right? We avoid it. The longer you avoid it, the harder it becomes. So just do it. It's kind of hilarious. <laughs> I'm like, I want to drive some connection with my husband. And he definitely is like, what are you doing? Why are you, you know? doing this? He's like, I'll try to do this. And I'm like, I'm washing dishes. I'm like, don't touch me. You know, but again, like we just allow it. We got to yeah. try and keep trying. I look at you with those eyes that mean that you're a person and I care about you. It does change the tenor of the house. My number one, stop attacking or stop defending. Listen, the only reason a person defends themselves is because they feel attacked. So if you go at your partner, add the caveat of tone and body language matter more than the words you're saying. So if you're going at your partner hot and heavy, expect nothing other than defense. That's all you're going to get is defense. You will not be heard. You will get a defense. Now, if you are usually on the side of defending yourself, try leaning in with a little curiosity because oftentimes when we are attacking, we feel hurt or we feel let down and we don't know how to show the vulnerability. So we go in hot and heavy. A lot of times it's our nervous system being activated. So stop attacking and stop defending. 
Try to listen instead. I'm telling you guys, if you're in the attack defend cycle, it ain't working. Yeah, it's probably time for couples therapy. Honestly, this is one of the basic foundations of emotionally focused therapy is that it's a cycle between two people. So I'm so glad that you highlighted both sides. And why I usually get scared about tips and tricks is that I feel like it puts so much pressure often on the person who's the more leaning in partner or women are the ones that listen to this, right? They listen and they think, okay, well now I've got to be softer towards my partner. I need to change me. The truth is it's a cycle and maybe, maybe you need to change you. And yeah, actually maybe you do need to soften. It's only at this point in my life where I can say I need to own that better. Mm-hmm. Sometimes my partner feels defensive when I'm not attacking, right? That's his stance. But sometimes I got to get some control of myself. If he spoke to me the way I speak to him, the roles would reverse. We, we got to own our shit. I told you I'm going to make a shirt one day. Own your shit. So this is another one that I would have had a lot of trouble with earlier in my marriage, but I'm doing better about now. Give what you want to get. And here's why I used to have trouble with this, okay? I would think, God, I just wish my partner would pay more attention to me. Or especially in the early days of motherhood, I wish he would be grateful. I wish he would acknowledge everything I do around here. And that is a totally legitimate need. As I've gotten a little bit more grounded, I've noticed that I don't do the best job doing that for him. And I know Mm -hmm. that when I heard this as a tip or trick and we were in a tough spot, I was like, fuck that noise. You're telling me one more thing I have to do. It's all on my shoulders. Again, we're in the pursue and withdraw or the attack and defend cycle. But again, yes, the cycle has to change. Yes, I do need something from my partner. Yes, he definitely does need to provide that. And so do I. I think sometimes somebody has to lead the way. Yep. Think about what you want in your marriage and then give that and see if it changes. It's not you giving perpetually with no response. It's give it and see what happens. And for like more than one day. Definitely more than one day. Okay. I know we're just getting started, but I think we should take a quick break. See you on the other side. Hey there, fabulous ladies. Ready to kick mealtime chaos to the curb? Say hello to your best friend, Factor Meals. No more scrambling for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Just grab a gourmet dish from the fridge and bam, you're good to go. And let's not forget about the smoothies. My son can't get enough. They're not just healthy, they're a taste sensation. You'll fall head over heels for Factor Meals just like I did. With Factor, you can rock your busy schedule without sacrificing flavor or nutrition. Whether you want six meals or 18 meals a week, it's all up to you. Plus, you can hit the pause button or mix up your deliveries whenever life throws you a curveball. Say goodbye to mealtime madness and hello to hassle-free eating with Factor Meals. Head to factormeals.com slash jessica50 and use code jessica50 to get 50% off. That's code jessica50 at factormeals.com slash jessica50 to get 50% off. My number two, you know, the whole don't go to bed angry. Mm -hmm. It's bullshit. Throw it out the door. Mm -hmm. Throw it out the door. In fact, I am actually telling you or to allow your partner to sometimes, not all the time, sometimes go to bed angry. Mm -hmm. So the person who can't go to bed angry, who wants to fix it, will usually attack, right? Or usually Mm -hmm. pursue. We got to work through this. Now, what that leads to is nothing more than your partner appeasing you just to make it stop. Okay, Mm -hmm. fine. I'm sorry. I won't do it again. 
whatever. You say an appeasing statement or they say an appeasing statement. Guess what, folks? Then everybody wakes up the next day. You might feel better. They don't. They're still pissed off at the situation because they didn't actually work through it. They just said what they needed to do to appease you. Now, if they don't come back in to talk about it, guess what happens? It gets swept under the rug. And there lies a start of a crack in the foundation. Well, that was just bad advice at the very, you know, from the get-go, don't go to bed angry was bad advice. But part of what needs to happen for you to be able to go to bed angry in a healthy way is for there to be some comfort and connection and a promise essentially, listen, we are both tired. We're not getting anywhere. I promise you, we will come back to this tomorrow. And, And you have to mean it. There has to be a guarantee that it will be revisited. However, also, not everything has to be talked about. See, I'm just going to end up throwing in more tips, right? Not everything does. Sometimes we wake up in the morning, like we tell our kiddos, everything looks different in the morning. And sometimes when we wake up in the morning, there isn't as much to talk about. Sometimes it's simply, you know what? We were both really stressed and I'm sorry. And we give each other a hug and we move on. Not everything has to be a very long conversation. So true. That leads to my next tip. You need to repair quickly and you need to repair every time. Can you explain what repair means? Yeah. So repair is basically that coming back together and making things okay after you have a blow up. Repair, what we don't understand sometimes is that Secure attachment, which is the bond between people. This is the the type of connection that we want, right? Secure attachment doesn't exist because there's no conflict. In fact, secure attachment exists because there is conflict. We need rupture. Something has happened. And then repair. We come back together. I think sometimes we get stuck so much in the content of an argument because we're not able to just look at the other person and say, you know, I really got bent out of shape about that last night and it's actually not that important. And I'm sorry for, you know, getting into it with you like that. Now, sometimes it is important and you need to work out the content, but sometimes you just need to repair. And again, we know the difference between good repair, which is that sense, like it's a felt sense between two people, like we're good and fine, I'm sorry, or I'm sorry, can we be done with this? That one's just sweeping it under the rug. What I want you guys to think about is, When there's distance between you and your partner, when there's been conflict or whatever, if each of you desires that it feels better between you, then you move towards repair, you do it quickly, and you do it every time, then you can get through anything. You really can. You really can. I agree with that. I think the difference between a bad and a good repair, just from a felt sense, is a bad repair or a non-repair, I guess I should say, is you want to get the hell out of there as quick as you can, that Mm -hmm. space, versus a really true good repair. You want to lean in and hug. You don't want to exit. You want to lean in. That's so good. And it does involve both people need to do this. And it, it might be easier if you start with small things, right? I don't know about anyone else, but sometimes I can be snappy and... I am never snappy. How dare you ever think that? Yeah. I I am so kind all the time. All the time. (laughs) Every, yeah, all the time. We just do it not right. And actually, I kind of get things wrong every day. Oh, girl, me too. I think that being able to say, you know what? I was not very kind in my tone. You didn't deserve that. 
right? It can be as simple as that. And that just, it just goes so far. Well, and the more you do it, the quicker it becomes. Mm -hmm. The easier it becomes too. Everybody will say, oh, it takes so long. Well, yeah, when you're trying a new skill, you're absolutely correct. It does take a lot longer. When it becomes part of the process, it's actually very quick and easy. It is. And it's way less scary because if I practice this on a daily basis, if I say, you know what? I'm sorry. I snapped at you and that wasn't cool. And then I can count on my husband saying, I get it. It's okay. I forgive you. Then I know there's a lot of safety there. Then I can step forward because the other option, sometimes what happens is I'm sorry, I snapped at you. Yeah, I know. You're always acting like that, right? Now we're we're running off and this is why people don't repair. They're scared of that. They're scared of that. And again, if you get stuck in that spot where you can't repair because it turns into more fight or a you know attempt to go close to your partner leads to an attack you probably want to come in for marriage counseling with a therapist with, with a good therapist <laughs> with sorry yeah EFT Gottman another That's opportunity fine. for that bang that drum girl it needs to be said all right next one rewrite date night when I put this tip in here of date night, I laughed a little bit because as a couples therapist, I very rarely tell somebody or a couple to go on a date or to make time for a date night in the early work because it's usually an utter disaster. One, you've got a disconnected couple. The worst thing you could do is throw what we have now coined a traditional date night, go out to dinner, sit with your partner, have a glass of wine. Yeah. Uh-uh. No bueno. When mm-hmm. all you're going to do is fight. Date night doesn't mean dinner. It -hmm. does not mean a movie. It looks different for every couple, right? And so find a way to connect. And I want to use a quick story from a friend of mine who is an avid listener. Her and her husband have tried different date nights and it just wasn't working. Mm -hmm. However, they're both very motivated, driven individuals and they have found a way to collaborate in business together. And this is now their date night Mm -hmm. and it's just them brainstorming and working together. And the amount of connection that collaboration has created is really, really cool. And I am just thinking from a traditional couples therapist, how many times they'd say, no, 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 not work. And they would say, that's not date night. Oh, hell yeah, that's date night. You got two people who are having fun together. So rewrite date night, folks. It doesn't have to be dinner or a movie. I love that so much. And I will add that one of the things that our like superstar EFT counselor told us early in our work was, could you guys take a break from where you are right now? And just give yourselves permission to have fun together. I think so often a traditional date night will fail because we think I have to get this stuff worked out first. And I think that actually sometimes we just need to have fun together. Yes. Just have a little fun. It doesn't mean you don't have issues. It doesn't mean that there isn't something else to tackle. It just means we need to, you know, like again, when you were early on dating, you just had fun. Everything was fun. And so have fun together. Do something different. Go see a concert. Go see a comedian. Laugh next to each other, right? Sing next to each other. It doesn't have to be just talking. Give yourself permission to have fun. And see if that gives you a little bit more positive to draw from when you're trying to work your shit out. Yeah. My next one is ask for what you want. And this could kind of flow from the last one. I love this one. I'm so happy you put it in there. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah. A lot of times we have this bizarro view of romantic love, which is like, my partner is always going to know exactly what I want. And if I'm well loved and well known, then they're just going to know. I held on to this for a long time. I will own it and claim that. Now, 
it's taken some work, but I realized that actually, if I say, you know, I really want X, Y, or Z, first of all, that's so good for women to hold the fact that we have desires, right? Even if that's, I really want for us to hug when you walk in the room, just asking for what you want. If I have a partner who values me enough to respond, that is love. Love isn't this weird mind reader thing. It's being responsive. So let's give each other a handhold, ask for what you want, and let it count if you get a partner that's willing to work on that. I'll tell women, okay, so you know, you're you're home, you're getting dinner ready, and you look over at the trash and it's to go out, right? So husband walks into the kitchen. What do you say to husband? A lot of times women will say, Oh, hey, the trash is really full. Husband says, Yeah, it is really full walks out of the kitchen, goes upstairs, whatever, right? right? So then what's fun is asking women what goes on inside their head when that happens, which is usually something like, okay, well, got to do everything myself, right? Mm-hmm. You go and you gather the trash and you stomp out. Husband comes down and he's like, whoa, what happened? She's pissed at me. So wives a lot of times will say, well, yeah, he should have looked at the trash and he should have known to take it out. I said, you did not ask that. The question was, Actually, you asked a statement. You didn't even ask a question. It was a statement. The trash is getting full. Husband looks at the trash and says, yeah, you're right. It is full and walks away. How much disconnection comes from not just saying, hey, can you take the trash out? Thanks. Husband takes trash out. Even better. Can you take the trash out now? If that's what you expect. So ask him, can you take the trash out now? Please, dear honey. And maybe give him a little hug and a kiss because we just talked about that one too. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) Next one. Oh, it actually kind of goes with the trash a little bit. Guess what? They may never, ever, ever want or like to do dishes. They might not be smiling. They might not be happy about doing the dishes or any other chore around the house. Drop the expectation of them wanting to do it. Mm -hmm. And the best example of this is from the movie The Breakup with Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn when they get in a fight in the kitchen and she he's doing the dishes like mm-hmm. she asked and she's just laying into him because he's not happy to be doing the dishes. And she says to him, well, I want you to want to do the dishes. And he says, mm-hmm. but I don't want to do the dishes, but I'm doing them. She's like, yeah, but I want you to want to do them. Mm-hmm. Let it go. Let it go. Who cares if it's getting done and maybe it's not as good as you would do them. Mm -hmm. It's getting done. So maybe give up a little control or let go of the expectation and see if it makes you feel a little bit better. It's more about being able to see the help or ask for the help versus being upset about how the help is done. Save that for when it actually matters. And then circling back to one of our earlier ones. And then if you want more gratitude in your marriage, say, hey, thanks for taking care of the dishes. Good. Yes. Because usually what we then say is, well, I do da 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 And he never says thank you. And this is his house too. And he should be, okay, okay, okay. Do you want more gratitude in your marriage or not? <laughs> that was so good. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And now I've got a totally unrelated, although it kind of goes with all the other things. This is the one for the men out there. So the like six listeners who are men, just listen, ladies, put this on without your earbuds, just like the next five minutes, okay? Just let them hear this play. Or if you were in a same-sex couple and one of you is more touchy than the other, one of you is more sexy than the other, just run this thing. Okay, ready. Okay. Here's my latest soapbox. Speaking of soapboxes, I think everyone 
in the world needs to increase the amount of touching that they do that does not lead to sex. Because so many couples, especially if you've been together a long time and especially if you have kids, get into like a feast or famine. You have a partner who wants more sex, who then completely starves the other person of all touch because they're like, oh, my my partner doesn't want that. And then you have a partner who needs to feel loved and connected with before they jump into sex. And I just cannot, I cannot number the marriages that involve no hugs or touches or pats or even just like sitting close to one another. And then there's the expectation that there's going to be a healthy sex life, but there's just no connection. This feels bad. This feels Mm -hmm. bad for everybody. So if you want to feel more connected to your partner, we all need the expectation that we can, that we should touch, that we do touch, and that it does not mean we're like green lighting sex. In fact, I would challenge couples to do this for a week with sex off the table. Just Try to touch each other. Remember, again, remember earlier in your life when you used to touch each other all the time? Also, it goes back to ask for what you want. I want to be able to cuddle up with you without the pressure of sex, but I want to be able to touch. It's important. Yeah, I want that. I need that. And this is one that we'll have to jump into later. Well, we've got to touch couples and sexuality, but this is one that I think is could really be a game changer for couples in a lot of different stages of life too. Big time. More to come on that, folks. (laughs) Da dum cha. (laughs) But um but um ching. Is that that sounded like a dirty Did you hear it? When you said more to come yes, on I, that. Yes, okay. I did. Just, all right. Just making sure. More to come. C-O-M-E Your mind is in the gutter, girl. I, it's just where I live. I love That's it. Fine. I love the gutter. It's a great place. All right. My last one is try not to fall out of love at the same time. Mm-hmm. I know. Because mm-hmm. it's it's true. How many times, and we have to normalize it, there's times where you look over at your partner and think, we do, we're not in, madly in love with our partner. And actually, I don't even know how you can for 60 years. You can right. love them. My advice is, is try not to fall out of love at the same time because there's always somebody who will be leaning in harder and protecting that marriage more, fighting a little mm-hmm. bit harder for it. Mm-hmm. That to me is the key. Well, one of the keys to marriage yeah. is normalizing it's okay. Yeah, there will be times where you do not feel in love. No. And that does not mean your marriage is a bad one. Correct. It just it, It's just seasons. It's a hard season. That's mm-hmm. all it is. Try to fall back in love. So to the women listening today, listen. Marriage is hard. Relationships are hard. And there is no tip or trick that is magically going to make it all better. Know that nobody, and I mean nobody, has a perfect marriage, despite what it might look like on the outside. Focus on your own marriage. Focus on what you love about the person that you did choose to spend this life with. I promise you it makes all the other things a hell of a lot easier to work through. 
Thanks for joining us today on the Honest Women Podcast. If you loved what you heard, be sure to subscribe or follow us on your favorite podcast app. That way, you'll never miss out on our honest conversation. We're all about spreading the love, so why not share the podcast with the amazing women in your life? You know, the ones who would appreciate knowing they are not alone. For more behind-the-scenes fun and updates, follow us on Instagram at Honest Women Podcast. We'd love to connect with you there. Got something to say? We are all ears. Drop us a line at hello at honestwomenpodcast.com or visit our website at www.honestwomenpodcast.com. Your feedback means the world to us.